0: verses 11 and 12 of the seventh chapter of the book of Daniel. I looked then because of the sound of the great words which the horn was speaking, and I looked, and the beast was slain, and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven came one like a son of man. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I looked then. I looked then because of the great words which the horn was speaking. Now the book of Daniel has some rather strange imagery. It has some very strange imagery. It is apocalyptic, it is a vision, it is meant to reveal things that are beyond our sight. And in a way, almost all apocalyptic literature is trying to struggle with things that are greater than human understanding. So you get very strange images, but the horn that is speaking is one that has exalted itself over God. And it's crying out loudly, I looked because of the sound of the great words which the horn was speaking often what gets our attention is that which speaks the loudest or the harshest my attention was grabbed yesterday by something which i can say is nothing less than a description of someone acting out of pure, evil intent. Yesterday, I read the words of a phone call that had been made between the killer of a member of our congregation and one of his friends. The person who killed Frederick Baker mentioned in his, this phone conversation, why he did it. We'd all been wondering, I'd been wanting to know since Frederick had been killed, why would someone do this to him? Frederick was weak. Frederick could barely walk. And that's exactly why Frederick was chosen. His murderer basically said, I wanted to kill someone. I wanted to know what it would be like to kill someone. And so he saw Frederick Week on the street, lured him into the car with the promise of $50, struck him and killed him. I would say that that grabbed my attention much as the arrogant and evil-sounding words of the horn crying out in Daniel. And when I began to prepare how to preach the sermon, part of me thinks, this is Christ the King Sunday, so how? How, when this kind of thing happens just under our noses, how is God king? For God is king. But there are times when I prepare to preach where I sit there and think, all right, you tell me what to say. Because by earthly standards, that was an act of pure and unmitigated evil. Nothing less. Pure and unmitigated evil, and it exists in the neighborhoods around us. It exists in the people around us. It is here, and we cannot shy away from it. And the truth is, as news media calls us time with events here and across the world, we see time and time again the horn stand up and shout loudly against God. We see dictators willing to destroy whole cities to maintain the grip of power. We see people willing to kill one another for the sake of power. We see people go to war with one another. We see people not fed and we see people killed for no other reason than they are the weakest among us. This is not right, but it grabs our attention because we know it's not right. We look around us and we know it's not the way the world's meant to be. As human beings, we can get a good sense of when things aren't right. Listen to the cry of the youngest child, that's not fair. There is an understanding and a knowledge in even the youngest of us that sometimes things aren't right. And every time it happens, it calls us up as loudly as a pompous, absurdly sounding horn speaking against God the Father. But how is Christ King in the midst of all these things? How is Christ King in the midst of a world where people suffer and die, people we know, people we remember? People who the world would have cast out and did, but they became members of our congregation. So how is Christ King? First, not by earthly means. But there is a promise in the book of Daniel that all the arrogant words of evil, all the acts of evil, all the bombs that went off in Paris, all the people that were killed in Beirut, all the people who have been dying daily in Syria, all those who have lost their lives to their faith in Iraq and Syria, that this will not stand, but it will come to an end. And I looked and the beast was slain. And its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. The one coming like a son of man, the one come from the Ancient of Days and given dominion and power and glory is our King, our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he does not deal with evil the way that we would do so in the world. What's the way of the world? Vengeance, blood for blood, violence for violence, hatred for hatred, yelling louder when one person yells at me. Finding a way to violently speak over or on top of others rather than listening to them. Finding a way to strike out at those who have struck at us. The way of fear, that we keep those who are most in need of help Away from us. The message of Scripture time and time and time again is do not be afraid. But live by faith. For there is nothing that is not of God that will survive. There is nothing that is not of God that will continue. All that is not love will pass away as surely as ash blows away after a fire. But what does God do in the face of such injustice, such pain, such sorrow? What does God do in the face of those who would take someone who is weak and take their life? He dies. He dies, the king of all creation, the maker of each one of us, the one who loves us enough to reconcile us to him, the one who loves even Frederick's killer, died. That's how Christ became king. That's how Christ shows us how to live in a world perplexed by evil. Not by trying to use evil's own tools against it. But by unbridled love. Unbridled love that says, you may hate me, I will not hate you. Love that says, you may yell, you may curse, you may scream, you may even kill me but I will love you. Love that when Pilate mocks Jesus, and he does, he's a Roman governor, he says, so you are a king then. And Jesus says, my kingdom is not from this world. My kingdom doesn't play by the same rules. My kingdom does not use fear and terror and power and hate and greed to control. My kingdom, my kingdom does not use what I have to exert control over others. My kingdom uses what I have for others. My kingdom is one where everything that I am is willing to be poured out For the sake of those I love, and that's everyone. There are many types of earthly thrones. There are thrones of gold. There are thrones of carved wood. There are leather-clad executive chairs at the height of power. There are many thrones. The throne our Lord chose as the throne of Calvary. The hard wood of the cross. And rather than beating his enemies into submission, he let them beat him into submission. He stood there and took it. And then the blood that came from him who was the most innocent poured out upon all of us. Even those, all of us, who are under the grip of evil. Every one of us. Every one of us are in our own ways. Every one of us have struggles that we fight and we know it's not right. Today we acknowledge Christ Jesus as King and we acknowledge that there is a better way than the way of the world. There is a way that is not battle. There is a way that is not violence. There is a way of mercy and love. And we are told and promised just as surely as you see an Alpha and an Omega in front of me on the book being held by that angel that love began this universe Love created this universe for love, and love will be the final triumphant sound of this universe. That though the forces of darkness will rise, we as followers of our King and Savior must rise higher and live and love stronger. We must love the unlovable. We must love those who look different than us, that are different than us, we must love those who are all drawn here and we must go. We must go into the very heart of a world that preaches alienation and violence and hate. And we must stand not in anger, but in love. For anything else, we'll not save. Nothing short of the sacrificial love of our Lord Jesus Christ is enough to make us whole. Nothing short of the resurrected power of our Lord Jesus Christ by his love and by his grace makes the situation that happened to Frederick make any sense. But even in the midst of that flagrant act of evil, the love of God by losing his life and taking it up again makes that whole. And that when we sing today, when we sing God's praise today, We know that we sing with Frederick. We know we sing with refugees and martyrs and all those who have been wounded. We sing with all the saints and angels of time gone and past. And we are united in Christ Jesus in a love and a light that no darkness can quench. We serve a loving King. But we must dedicate ourselves to it each and every day. And it's hard. Because we live in this world. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, but we live in it. But we are called to make that kingdom of love break forth here and now. By the power of Christ. Not to settle for second best. But to cling to love as Christ clung to us. So my brothers and sisters who I hold as brothers and sisters, we have work to do. We live in a world that is afraid. We live in a world whose dreams are nightmares. But we serve the king of dreams. Let us go forth with one another? Let us go forth and tell the world that there is a dream that is greater than all the hatred combined. Let us tell the world that there is a love that binds all things together and that no matter how loud evil screams, the music of the love of God will rise above it And death, and evil, and estrangement will be known no more. Let us serve our King. Amen.